minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfect. Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one. From inside Ed Smith Stadium in Sarasota, Florida, it is the Mass and All Access podcast brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. Paul Mancano, Bobby Blanco, and a seagull apparently that is making a lot of noise in the background. We are here. Pitchers and catchers reported mere days ago. We have had an opportunity to be in camp for a few days now. Uh, some position re- uh, players are reporting as we go along. Uh, we'll, we're just going to briefly talk about what we've seen so far, and then we've got an interview with Matt Blood, who is the Orioles' new p- director of player development. But first off, Bobby, thoughts on what you've seen so far in Sarasota? I think it's just uh, you see a more comfortable team right now. I mean, obviously last year was the first year being under Brandon Hyde and Michael Elias. Uh, Trey Mancini mentioned it. Um, I think so. a couple other players mentioned it when we talked to them in the clubhouse. They weren't really, didn't really know what to expect coming into camp last year. This year they knew, and they were comfortable with the guys that they have here. They got a year under their belt. A lot of these guys who are coming up from the minor league teams, you know, obviously play full seasons together. So there's just a level of comfort here that you have a sense that are just a little greater than last year. I think that's a pretty big important for uh, year number two under Brandon Hyde. The sheer number of players is astonishing. At this time of Good recording, heavens, it, is, it is at 68 right now. Not all of these players are here in camp yet, of course. Position players don't report for a couple days, but it's amazing we've seen the glut of uh, pitchers and catchers, especially of young guys. I mean, it, you really get an idea of how many guys are in this system that are just a year or two away, maybe months for some of them. You think of, we've already seen Alex Wells, Dean Kramer, Zach Lowther, um, you know. Ryan McKenna. Ryan McKenna. We've already seen uh, Austin Hayes. So many guys. Of course, Adley Rutschman has caught some major league uh, pitchers. Um, It it is Keegan Aiken. I mean, just the amount of guys that we've already seen. I think it's exciting. And I think it's going to be exciting for fans because we're here in Ed Smith. The, a lot of these guys, not all of them, will be able to play in games, but a lot of them will be. Yeah. And and just to see the future in front of you like that with so many guys, it's not like you're squinting and you're trying to see a future with maybe one or two guys. No, you're going to get to see just about everybody yeah. that could be part of the Orioles' future right in front of you. Yeah, we don't know who will be sent down to the minor league side of camp just down the road in however many days, but you would figure you would see – most of the main guys, most of yeah. the top-rated prospects, especially the guys that were just ranked in the top 100, mm-hmm. you're going to see them out here um, on its Stadium Field, and which is pretty crazy, which is pretty exciting to see. Because like, look at the the view; you can literally see. <laughs> yeah. The oh, right and the front bullpen is literally the bullpen's right there. there. You can see Grayson yeah. Rodriguez throw a bullpen session, maybe. Um, yeah, no, it's it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting for us too because you talk about the younger guys. We walk into the clubhouse. I don't think we've ever walked into a clubhouse and had more people recognize us because of our minor league trips. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you see a bunch of guys that we talked to in Bowie and Frederick and Delmarva. Um, obviously, Adley. Everyone wants to hear about Adley. He's been really impressive so far, just catching bullpens in the past couple of days. And yeah. Just the presence he has of him. He he has the presence of a true leader, which I think is pretty important when you want you see it from a number one draft pick. Yeah, he's got a lot of confidence. A lot of these young guys have confidence, but they are also pretty unassuming. Yeah. And they are truly here to do their best, show up, try to just impress the coaches and help each other as they go along, which, you know, you, you look at more veteran camps, even previous ones with the Orioles, 
guys just kind of did their own thing. They mm -hmm. kind of showed up. They wanted to, to get their, their body right. They knew the kind of the routine that they're going through. These guys are like, every day I'm gonna get here first. I'm gonna pull my car into this lot first. I wanna impress the coaches. I wanna um, you know, help these other players that I'm with. I think that's important. Um, and I think it's, it's just a cool side of things. Everything, you know, uh, uh, everything is fresh and new in spring and every team feels like they have a shot in spring. And right now, it you just feel that youthful energy. You feel that they know what's expected of them, yeah. and like they're expected to. Obviously, the major league team is a different question, but especially the young guys, they know. Like the, we'll talk about culture again. They know the culture that's been established here in the first year under Brandon Hyde and Michael Elias. They know what's expected of them. We talked to Austin Hayes this morning. He said he gets here about 8 o'clock, if not earlier, every single day, gets his work in. He likes the, that there is a, a strict all-business mentality here. Yeah, they have their fun, but and they're trying to get better and work towards that team, but it's business as usual. Um, it's not you know, clowning around or anything. They get to the backfields, they get their work in, um, and they have fun doing it. So yeah. I think, yeah, it's important. You have that youthful energy. We hear a lot of laughs, which I, I feel like we haven't heard in previous camps. Yeah. Um, people just joking around, especially during bullpen, but once it comes down to, you know, you're throwing, you're hitting, your drills, your PFP, whatever it is, they, uh, they take care of their business, which is good to see. All right, we teased it earlier. Matt Blood, Director of Player Development. We sat down with him earlier today in the Blazing Hot Zone. Joined here on the Mass and All Access podcast by Matt Blood here in Sarasota, Florida. Matt Blood, of course, joining the Orioles front office very recently as the Director of Player Development. Matt, thanks so much for joining us here. Thanks, guys. I always thought podcasts didn't have cameras, but... There's a new thing. It's vlogcasting now, I guess. <laughs> okay, Video podcast. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Exactly. It's a exactly. New, new venture into podcasting. <laughs> so uh, welcome to Sarasota. Is this your first time uh, coming down here to the Orioles facility? Uh, I was here for a, a brief couple weeks in January, but theoretically, yes. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. How has your adjustment so far been to the Orioles organization working under Michael Elias, the guy that you previously had met with the Cardinals way back in the day? Oh, it's been... Uh, it's been great. Uh, just just the, the continuity and the being on the same page, the, the clarity of vision uh, is very, very important. And uh, that's what we've had from day one. Yeah. And uh, there's so many players in this camp, obviously a lot of young guys. And I think it's for this camp, particularly Orioles fans are really looking at the minor league guys. And there might be a lot of more tension on the minor league side of camp. When you come in, do you guys have set plans for these young guys? Some some of the guys have never been to a major league camp before and like have set plans on how you want them to develop, set target goals before the start of the season, or does it just come work on your individual stuff and see where we go from there? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we, at this point, like in this very moment, mm -hmm. they're more general uh, working on kind of getting comfortable and getting to know the coaching staff. Uh, we've made a, a ton of new hires, and so getting to know the player is probably the most important piece. Uh, but but yes, we are developing uh, individual player plans uh, that are have very specific goals uh, and attentions that need to be given um, for each player. Yeah. Now, of course, we mentioned Michael Elias earlier, who uh, you worked with when you were in St. Louis. Uh, you guys were both area scouts at that point. I think it's interesting because when Elias was first hired by the Orioles, all the talk was the analytics side and bringing that in. But it seems like he's brought in, a you know, not just have they bolstered the scouting department, but he's brought in guys who, you know, you're director of player development, but you worked for such a long time as a scout. How important do you think it is to have that kind of background and experience as you transition into a, a different role, but you still have that experience in person scouting on the road, seeing guys and determining you know, their, their eventual path. 
Sure. The scouting is such a great foundation for really anything in baseball. Uh, it gives you a just a feel uh, for for what it takes to play, uh, I guess, at the major league level, but also just positionally and profiling players and, and also just talking about strengths and weaknesses. Uh, so uh, you get a good foundation in scouting. You do just about anything. And uh, I feel with, without it, I, I would be lost. So um, I'm, I'm very fortunate for that. Now, as a director of player development, you obviously oversee the whole player development uh, department uh, for the Orioles. But as a scouting background, do you find yourself wishing to be a little more hands-on? Or are you more hands-on than you maybe other directors would be? Or do you kind of take a step back and kind of more overarching uh, looking of the whole department? Yeah, I'm, I'm not very hands-on, to yeah. be honest. I mean, I, I really trust our coaches. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where I see my value is to, to be there for them. Uh, and, and our coaches are, are really talented, and, and they're the ones who make the big impact with the players. Uh, and, and I'm more kind of a bigger vision type of a role. Uh, so the scouting just comes into play with feel and, and understanding what matters and, um, you know, what needs to happen. And then they're the ones who, who go out and do all the magic. How much have you had an opportunity so far in camp to um, work with Brandon High directly, kind of understand how he works with players um, so that you can be on the same page uh, and, and get, you know, get a plan in place for these players here? Yeah, I, I think that's something we're still working on. I mean, we, we've had a, many conversations. Uh, we get along great. He's, he's such an enjoyable guy to be around. He's got great energy and um, so, so positive. Um, but in terms of actually working with players, we haven't done a whole lot of that. Uh, but uh, our staff uh, right now, we've got a significant amount of staff who are here in this camp working with his staff and getting a feel for the language, getting a feel for the techniques. And uh, that's something that we hope to have great continuity with up and down. Yeah, Paul brings up Brandon Hyde, and he had mentioned with us the other day that he meets with each player, and keep in mind, again, there's 67 players in Orioles camp right now, uh, every day, and to kind of go over the plan. Is that kind of a, 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 a approach that you like to see as well from a manager, or do you even take yourself of, like, because you mentioned earlier it's more overarching goals right now because we're only three days into it, but as the season goes along, do you like how he's so hands-on getting to know the players on a personal level too not just as a baseball player oh 100 percent yeah I mean, the, the connecting with the player the creating of the trust and the the communication uh for the player to feel comfortable to come to the coach and talk about um their their struggles to talk about the things that they want to do to question the coach i think is extremely um imperative yeah. and and you can't do that without creating that relationship um, and then the, the individualness of the plan and discussing of the plan and the clarity of the plan uh, is, is right at the top of, of, of the food chain. So um, all of that is great. We've seen major advancements in player development over the past five or ten years mm -hmm. even. Do you think the role of a, a director of player development now is very different from it, the way it might have been, the, the scope of the job and the kind of work that you would do, be doing if it, this were 10 years ago maybe? Has the role, the job changed at all? I don't think the job has changed. I mean, I think the, the job is to push your player development system to be as um, cutting edge and world class as it can be. Uh, and so if, if that's your, your philosophy or, or your mission, uh, then you're constantly um, pushing to, to find the better ways to do things. Um, so when technology comes along or 
um, different ways come along that help a player, you learn about those and you, you implement those. And so I think farm directors uh, have been doing that um, for as long as they've been around. Um, and, and the other piece is, is the, the creating of, of, a, of a unit of coaches and um, a unified vision. And I think people have probably been trying to do that ever since the beginning of, of, of this role. So, no, I don't think it's changed. Maybe, maybe some of the ways things are done have changed, but, but not, the, not the, the way this role is done. Sort of piggybacking off of that and kind of tying into the goals that we mentioned earlier, what, what are your goals going into 2019 short-term, like maybe for spring training and then long-term for the 2019 season? What are your goals as the director of player development heading into this year? Well, I, my, For yourself? For myself? And for I guess for the organization overall. Yeah, well, I mean, one of our first goals was to, to hire staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we've done that, I, mean, I think 30 or so people in uh, two or three months uh, and so once you got that done uh, it was getting everyone on boarded get the get everyone on the same page and start to create lines of communication um, for us to develop our processes and so you know that is those are the first two goals right and, and I, I think we're, we're we're striving every day towards accomplishing those um, and, and then from there like, I really want to create a culture and a, and a group of coaches that are, are, are just driven to help these players. Um, they're humble. These coaches are really humble. These coaches, uh, they all want to learn. They all want to grow. They want to collaborate. And it's really inspiring to be around. And, and so for me, it's just, you know, empowering that. That's a goal yeah. for me is, is to empower that, that culture. The emphasis, understandably, on this Orioles team and particularly the spring training camp has been the young guys, you know, Mm -hmm. developing those guys, giving them their first taste of major league action potentially and working their way up. I want to talk about the veterans because there are a lot of guys I think that, uh, you know, they may be fairly new to the kind of technology um, that's being used now and the uh, certain practices that are now in place. Are there any difficulties, do you think, in developing somebody who, say, they're over the age of 30 they've been playing major league baseball for almost a decade now or however long it's been they've been doing something their way for so long and now you come along and say maybe you could try doing it differently are there challenges to that do you think um yes definitely i i think there they were tougher challenges last year the year before that year before that i I think now uh, it's becoming more commonplace uh, and people are more knowledgeable as to the techniques of using uh, technology to deliberately practice anything Um, but but yeah I mean whenever you have had a lot of success um, doing something a particular way you're gonna you're gonna be skeptical maybe uh, about trying to do something differently but you know I I was around Hunter Pence last year uh, and I I believe you know he's upper 30s and Mm -hmm. Uh, his his mentality was was one of a, a an 18 or 19 year old who just wanted to learn and and wanted to do anything he could to improve and you know there were no challenges with him you know so it really is just kind of per- person to person uh, mentality to mentality and you just work and try to meet people where they are get to know them and and uh, slowly show them that there are ways to improve and most players they want to improve right and how much like you mentioned get to know the player and how much is 
getting to know the player on a personal level, not just X's and O's and numbers and he's good at this, he's, he needs to improve here. And how much is it getting to know the person um, and how they react and respond to certain things, certain coaching styles, certain analytical numbers, whatever it may be, how much is it relying on the person or getting to know the person in terms of progressing their development? Well, without that, nothing else will work. Right. Uh, you know, you, you have to know their communication style, their learning style, like you're saying. Uh, some players, they want to hear about the numbers right away, and mm -hmm. some players don't at all. Uh, and so there's a different way to reach those players. But yeah. that's the art of, of being a great coach, is being able to look at the information and then decipher the best way to relate it to the player. And, and typically it's connecting with that player in the beginning uh, that opens up the door to have those conversations. How much would you say your job focuses, obviously a ton of it is focusing on developing and making sure these guys get better every day. How much of it would you say has become or is trying to get them to uh, do the right practices so they can potentially avoid injury? You know, somebody who, whether they've been injured in the past or, or whether you see something on a young guy that maybe a, a pitcher is not using his arm the right way and that could go down the path of Tommy John potentially. How much would you say... Is, is attempting to avoid injury for s certain players. Yeah, I mean, injury is, is probably one of the number one killers of player development. Um, you know, just alone, if we were able to keep all of our players healthy, we would have a tremendous advantage over every other organization. Yeah. Because um, if you're injured, you can't improve, yeah. essentially, um, t theoretically. But uh, so couple answers to that. Uh, we hope to systematically incorporate in our performance department uh, preventative measure, measures um, and, and just ways to help these guys know what they need to do in order to prepare their body for the battle of a full season. Uh, and then on the flip side of that is also educating them about nutrition, about sleep, uh, and, and how those things can really impact uh, their health. And then past that, then it gets to more mechanics and, um, you know, the way that they, they do things, you know, on the field. So all those things go into it. Uh, but the first two that I mentioned, I think, are, are going to be uh, the most important. You're probably more involved, I'm not you're the director, obviously, but more involved hands-on during spring training because you have all the players in one spot you know they're going to be here every day, um, and also the younger guys. What's your role? Does your role evolve at all during the season? Like, what, what are you doing in mid-July, mid-August? Are you still kind of in your office looking at tape and helping players develop in season, or is it kind of more of a backseat approach? Yeah, again, I, my role is pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, because my I see my job is more with the coaches. Okay. Uh, because I trust our coaches, and I think they're the ones who are the ones who actually make the difference with the players. I don't, I don't really put much stock in my ability to try and go and fix a player or, or help a player improve. Um, that's what they're on the ground doing every day. And, and so I really put my time and, and resources into uh, helping and em empowering our coaches to be as good as they can be uh, and trying to get them the resources that they need to stay up to date on, on their craft. Uh, and and I, I will also and do get to know the players and, and develop, create relationships with them. Uh, but very rarely am I going up to a player and saying, hey, you should make this adjustment or that adjustment right. or 
or you know I think this or that you know it, it's more of a supportive role in that regard the Orioles have of course bolstered their player development department of course involving you as well um, and they've placed a lot of focus and attention on the player development side they recently created a, a new Twitter account to show mm -hmm. kind of the work that you guys are doing behind the scenes the hashtag rising tide um, you know the movement that they're trying to start here to to create focus and attention on the mm -hmm. player development side how encouraging is that to see that happen you know not just from Michael Elias in the top but every aspect of the organization is placing a lot of attention on the player development side it's really exciting it, it's fun to see I mean I, I think there's a buzz and an energy amongst the the entire organization and especially in, in the, the player development department about the importance of of, uh, of what we're doing uh, for the future of this organization. Um, that, that rising tide hashtag, that actually uh, kind of came about organically in our, in our coaches meetings um, as a, a rallying cry for us to, to say, hey, we're all in this together. Our goal uh, is, is to, to do our part, you know, to, to help the, the tide rise so that all the ships rise with it. <laughs> um, and uh, it kind of came out of, out of some meetings we had and it's, blossom from there which has been pretty neat i thought it would it had something to do did it have anything to do with the norfolk tide as well no but <laughs> but that uh was kind of a nice coincidence yeah, yeah uh, okay. we were like oh you know rising tide so every time a norfolk tide rises to the big league yeah. that kind of counts too <laughs> there you, you know? go so there's a rising tide but but no it, it, it comes from the quote that um a rising tide raises all ships yeah and and, and that's what we're pulling you know as one unit uh to do at MLBlood41 on Twitter. Also at O's Player Dev, D-E-V, on Twitter. I think it's very interesting, too, that you guys are broadcasting what you guys are doing behind the scenes. There's an Orioles Player Development Twitter account. You're on Twitter as well. Uh, how important is it for you guys to not only, you know, you're focusing on what you're doing, but also showcase it to the fans, you know, all of, and all of Birdland and Baltimore of what you're doing and how you're going about uh, in, in your player development? Yeah, I, I think you know transparency uh, is is typically a good thing, and honesty, and um, you know ha having having the Twitter. I mean, I'm not crazy active on Twitter, right. but uh, I, I like to give people the credit that they deserve, and and I like to celebrate wins uh, for for whatever the circumstance is. Uh, and in the O's uh, player development uh, Twitter is just a great way for for us to do that at a, on a bigger scale, you know, hopefully, you yeah. know, be able to celebrate these players, uh, you know, the top prospects, but also I, I think we want to, we want to give everyone uh, some love and, and really focus in on, on the players and, and what they're doing. Of course. And Orioles fans are very knowledgeable and they're fascinated, I think, with every aspect of this, because this is, you know, uncharted territory for a lot of them, not, you know, they're, they're used to focusing so much, I think, on uh, different aspects of the organization but now that they get a behind the scenes look at what you guys are doing in the player development side i think that excites o orioles them fans well. are great man mm -hmm. I, I i you know just got here in september moved to baltimore moved into the city on purpose because i wanted to be there i wanted to feel it and everyone is so supportive everyone is so into the team but they also understand that this is uh, a process it's not going to happen overnight uh, and they're, they're, they all get that, and they, they just want, you know, to support. And I just – I've so, been so impressed and inspired by that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, just wait till the games start. Yeah. It'll, it'll get a lot more fun after that, yeah, of course. Come out and see, you know, obviously the major league games, but yeah. we got a lot of – a lot of exciting minor league stuff around the Baltimore area. So yeah, yeah of course. Well, thank you so much for sitting yeah, down here on the great. Mass and All Access yeah, podcast. Matt you. Blood, Director of Player Development, and we'll see you around camp. Okay. 
quality stuff from Matt Blood, Director of Player Development with the Orioles. We had a chance to sit down with him. We had a chance to sit down with Eve Rosenbaum earlier in the week. We're going to have that interview coming on Mass and All Access social media platforms in just a few days. Got a lot of great interviews here, uh, not just with the players that a lot of you have already seen on social media, but we are also have interviews coming out with Brandon Hyde, sat down with him, talked about his playing days, talked with Mike Elias about his scouting background. So a lot of good content coming your way. Uh, more Buck Britton. Yeah, and it's going to be fun when we get back to Baltimore and we start to see some games here as well. We won't be here for a lot of the games, but we will get to see these guys in action. Seven games covered on Masson. Yep. And uh, good stuff. And we hope you come down to Ed Smith Stadium. It is absolutely gorgeous here. Uh, not looking forward to getting back to the Baltimore weather. No, well, Matt had his sunglasses. You have yours. I need to make sure I bring mine next time we come down. Um, but yeah, yeah, other than that, it's it's beautiful. If you have a chance, of course, come down to Sarasota and catch a spring training yeah. game. There's nothing like it. It's nothing like a minor league game because you're seeing major league players in a minor league ballpark up close. It's a way more relaxed environment. We have a package coming by Old New at the stadium too. Yep. So keep an eye out for that. And if you have the means, please, if you have the John means, come down to Sarasota and catch a game. It's it's a lot of fun. Had to sneak a pun in there as well. Thank you so much for watching the and listening to the Mass and All Access podcast as a bug flies in my ear. Thank you to Ryan Engelmeyer, our producer all week down here in Sarasota. And of course, the Mass and All Access podcast is brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. He's Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. I'm at Paul Mancano on Twitter. We'll see you later.